Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. show today. We're having Simone Jones, Sophia DelVal, we're having Mr. Houston Gunn of HoustonGunn.com and Jolt Magazine, and the young ladies have Equilateral Girls. What's so amazing about this is that they are teens. We've been talking about teens for a long time, but we are excited to have the teens on air. So one of the first things we want you to know is we're going to also have a co-host, her name is Veronica Tranchant Smith. She is also a recent grad from Rutgers University in Africana Studies and also Religion. So this is going to be amazing. Now while we're waiting for Mr. Logan to come on, Mr. J. Logan, our co-host, which is so excited, and guess what? Mr. Logan has now come on. So we are going to bring him on and Veronica without further ado. Mr. Logan from San Francisco. Mr. Logan, how are you today? I'm doing very well out here in sunny San Francisco. Um, wonderful to be on the show today, and I know we have a great show in store for everybody. Um, I'm just happy to be here today, Gil, and um, I hope everything's going well out there on the other coast out there. You know, we do coast-to-coast here on Listen Gear. Yeah, we're really excited. Now we have, let's bring on our co-host, Jay, Ms. Veronica Tranchon-Smith. Ms. Veronica Tranchon-Smith, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you for asking, Gail. We are so excited to have you. You've met Jay before, and um, yeah. we are just really hyped today. We have an amazing, um, t- you know, having an amazing time today. So um, let's just take this to the next stage. We're waiting for our other two guests. But, as, you know, while we're talking here, let's uh, go right into it. Jay's going to take us through the lift and give soundbites. Uh, Veronica, and just come on in. Wonderful. Um, you know, Gail, as, we, as I've been looking on uh, some of the news, I was ran across a story and talked about ADHD drugs. And basically they don't improve academic performance in kids. You know, for, for some families, drugs that treat attention deficits and, you know, hyper disorder, uh, they think there's a magic Jay, pill. Uh, Jay, unfortunately, Jay, unfortunately, technically, we can't hear you too well. Could you get a little clearer so that we can, our audience and all of us can hear your lovely voice? Sure. Um, there's a study out that uh, talks about ADHD, drugs that don't improve the academic performance in kids with, you know, hyperactive disorders. And a lot of families out there believe that they could just get some magic pill 
and it'll make their kids, you know, learn better, sit still in class, and focus. And basically, uh, the art, the article that I was looking at uh, says that these pills really don't work. You know, um, they did a whole promise, you know, to keep their kids from having uh, not being able to have a great focus on the teacher and stuff. And so, for those of you that have kids with with this AD disorder, ADHD. Um, I'm sorry to say that these drugs aren't working too well out there. Now, I don't have a kid like this, but I'm sorry because I know a lot of kids have a lot of problems focusing and um, they are hyper in class and um, uh, they can't really, they've been researching this, but they're not able to prove that these drugs work. So for me, for one, Gail, I'm not really into having my kids on drugs in the classroom. Veronica, I don't know about you, and it's yeah, be a I would prefer way. that to not, <laughs> you know, be existing right now. This is right. very true, you know, and this is something that I am totally against. I don't, you know, I think that we can teach our children without it having to be that we have to medicate our children. I think we mm-hmm. start that too young. I mean, there are children who face autism. There are children that have challenges but we don't have to treat them from drugs. Let's see what we can do in the classrooms with them, maybe specially, you know, designed classes for those those students. Yeah. You know, this is something that's really, really important, and this is something I think that most often we forget. Yeah, because they're, they're also becoming, you know, very dependent on these medications at such a young age, and they need to learn how to, you know, focus their energies. I mean, they're kids. They're going to have energy. It's a matter of... Uh, too much technology, in my opinion, and in, in classrooms, I feel that uh, the teachers should be doing more. It's difficult and more to engage the students because that would help, you know, steer their all their energy in you know the right direction rather than having them bounce off the wall. <clears throat> I absolutely agree, Veronica. I absolutely agree, Jay. You know, I have three nieces, and you know. I'm grateful that they're not in that situation. I mean, they're in the International Baccalaureate Program. There's, um, their mother and father have worked with them through any challenges that they've had, you know, and they're all, I mean, they're brilliant, brilliant children. And, you know, Jay, you have two daughters. They're brilliant. You know, Veronica's here with us, and, you know, she's gone to school. So all, all students have different challenges, and I think that it's time that we meet the challenges of the students rather than saying let's put them to the side and medicate them. I don't think, I mean, exactly. that's, just my, you know, that's just my opinion. But, you know, before we go further in, into any opinion in conjunction, it's now 3.10 p.m., and I am so excited, Veronica and Jay. We actually have Houston Gunn I'm going to bring on shortly, Sophia Duvall, and oh. Ms. Simone Jones. So without further ado, let's bring them on. Simone, welcome. Sophia, Hi. welcome. And Houston, welcome, all three of you. This is so amazing. Hi. It's great to be here. Thank you. And so I just want to share with our audience that Houston Gunn of HoustonGunn.com and JoelMagazine.com, thank you to his mother, Michelle, is on our show today from, is it Nashville, uh, Houston? Nashville, Tennessee, yes. That's right. And then we have Sophia Duvall who is on with us Hi. from New York. How are you, Sophia? And then we have Ms. Simone Jones, who is also on. 
And these two amazing young ladies, along with um, Houston, they have a blog called equilateralgirl.tumblr.com. And again, Houston Gun, that's with two N's, dot com. These amazing teens are 16 and 17 years old, and we're just so happy to have them. So welcome, Houston, Sophia, and Simone. And we're going to get right into the show with you guys. I just want to share a few things with you. You have myself, Jay Logan, who's in San Francisco, and you have Veronica Tranchant smith who's also just graduated herself from college in Rutgers, and she's going to be our guest host with you guys today because she has a very interest, Houston, Sophia, and Simone, in what you guys are up to. So she said she'd come on with us. So are you guys cool with that? Yeah, that sounds great. great. Okay, so we're going to get right into this. So I'm just going to start right now. You know, um, Houston, Sophia, and, um, and, and Simone, you guys don't know each other, but I want to share a little bit with you about each other. Houston's doing, uh, going out of his way to be an entrepreneur, amazing work that he's doing. And he's working along with Donald Trump in some ways and has a book out about how teenagers can really invest as young people. And then Houston, so that you know a little bit about Sophia and also Simone, they have a blog on femininity, but not in the way that you think. It's about girls and boys. We had an opportunity to talk about this at the coffee shop. Rather than it being a quality, Houston, it's about partnership between you guys, okay, and understanding, like connecting with each other. And then they have an they're uh, one is uh, Sophia is going out to Thailand at the end of this month, and also Simone is going to Haiti, and they're going out to make a difference in the world and give back to society in that way. So all three of you are doing amazing work, and we're going to get right into different questions with you guys. Is that okay? So we want you to chime in with your opinions and everything. We want to know from you what you feel. So we're going to get started. So um, Veronica, do you want to you know start us off with any questions? You know to get us started? Absolutely. And um, this goes for all three of you guys. I mean, you guys are 16, 17 years old. I remember how it was when I was, you know, when I was that age. I didn't even have half of the drive that you guys have. How did you guys build up so much ambition at such a young age? Um, well, I guess um, just seeing my mother really kind of, my mother's an infectious disease doctor and she works with a wide variety of patients. And I think seeing her drive and passion for what she does to help people, I think really inspired me. And also the conversations that Simone and I would have when we would hang out and really realize that, wow, I'm not the only one that feels this way. And it kind of really motivated me to really keep having these conversations and to keep really talking about it and to see what kind of change the two of us could bring about. I see, I see. And Houston, what about you? Well, for me, I really got this ambition at such a young age due to my influences from my family, my parents, and even my grandma because I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And one thing they really did to teach me and somewhat mentor me to where I am today is they wouldn't keep stuff hidden from me. Now, certain stuff mm -hmm. they would if it was stuff that I didn't need to know, but they would have me go on car rides and go to meetings and go and get this experience of going to these business-type meetings and learning, going to seminars and everything at such a young age that it really has helped shape me to who I am today. 
I see, I see. That's one. Well, Simone, yeah, I think we're missing you. Well, before we go oh, on, Jay, uh, Miss Simone, it's your turn. Oh, we didn't yeah, hear you. Simone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, kind of like what Sophia said, my mom has been a very huge inspiration to me just um, as, a, as a feminist, really, just watching her just be strong and take care of me and my brother um, as a single working mother. And uh, she's also a doctor, and just seeing her, just seeing a very strong uh, role model for a woman, like, uh, is just very inspiring to me. And it, uh, from a very young age, it, it let me know that, like, even though I'm a girl, a teenage girl, like, I can still do whatever I want to do, regardless of the social constructs that we have in this country. Now, Simone, you say that um, your mother was a single mother, right? Yeah. Do you feel that if you had a, a father figure in your life, would you feel, you know, as radical as you do now? Um, I definitely think so, um, mm-hmm. because my mom is uh, a working mother. So I think just seeing my mom uh, doing, like, uh, um, like medical work, and, like, knowing that she's in a very, like, high position at her job, it's very inspiring to me whether I would have a dad around or not. Absolutely. And, Gail, do you have any questions? I uh, know, but I know that Jay does for Houston. Okay. Yes, um, this, is, this is a question for Sophia. I'd like to know a little bit more about uh, equilateral girls inequality. Mm-hmm. Could you give us a small summary of what that whole concept is about? Yeah, um, I think that as Simone and I started talking, we really realized that the idea of feminism was really kind of misdefined and really had a bad rep because I think that people thought that feminism and women equality was really just about hating men and taking rights away from men. And that's really not what we wanted to do. We really felt strongly that feminism was kind of about rising, empowering women, but not to take away rights from men or to kind of disempower men at the same time. And I think that we really, um, I found the conversations that Simone and I had were really enlightening to me, and I just thought that why not kind of share these ideas with more people and we can really continue these conversations with other people who may not be having them or may not even realize that things like this are an issue in society? Wow. You know, that that brings me to the next question, Jay, for Houston. Houston, you know, we had a brief conversation with you and your mom and myself about, you know, the amazing work that you're doing. What is it, Houston, that can you share not only – how HoustonGun.com came about and, you know, what you're creating with your book for, you know, investments for teens. How, number one, how that came about, and number two, what advice would you offer to teenagers who, who don't know that much about money, Houston? Well, I'll start with how it all came about. And it really started to take place when I was a freshman in high school, actually, back in the Seattle, Washington area, and I had to do what was called a job shadow project where you have to go shadow somebody in a field of work that interests you. And I actually job shadowed a CEO of a 
multi-million dollar private money lending company who's been a mentor to me and my family in real estate. And during one of the interview questions, he kind of turned the question around and basically challenged me to write a book. So I took it and ran with it. And really my whole message with the book is to inspire, educate, and excite youth and future generations to experience entrepreneurship. Although entrepreneurship may not be for everyone, everyone should have the opportunity to experience being an entrepreneur. And now to the second part that you're talking about with maybe kids who don't know that much about money. The biggest thing I can really say is you've got to get out there and just take action because you learn from doing it. And you might not do quite good at the beginning. You might fail, but failure is part of the learning process. you just got to get out there and take action. And how did you come about um, jump-starting Jolt Magazine? How much you know, work did you have to put into that to get the ball rolling? Well, with Jolt Magazine, and for those of you listening who might not know what it is, it's basically it's a digital magazine and it's basically a young entrepreneur revolution that celebrates young people taking action with their lives. And I came around with it. I was actually in a meeting in Beverly Hills with my publicist at the time, and we decided to um, partner up and do this magazine, and I am editor-in-chief of it. And that's really how it came around. You know, um, I want to ask uh, Simone a question. Simone, you know... Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to Haiti shortly, okay? Yeah. And and then you have this um, this co-blog with Sophia. My question is, how does this blog, you know, share like you know what what do, what's important to you girls that you're going to be writing about, Simone? And and does this have anything to do with why you're going to why you're going to Haiti and share with us why you're going to Haiti? Um, I guess I'll start with uh, why I'm going to Haiti. I'm going to Haiti just um, so I can help with the local community and um, get a chance to learn about a culture that's completely different than my own. And I think that'll really give me um, a really good perspective on the world and how I can change, uh, learn to like improve the world um, just from looking at a different culture. And um, um, something that's really important to me that I can accomplish with the blog that I'm working on with Sophia is um, teaching people that, like, feminism has a lot of different ideas, like, and it encompasses lots of different kinds of women and men, too. Men can obviously be feminists, and I think um, it's about teaching people that feminism is not, it's not just a conversation about women. It's also about destroying, like, gender roles, because gender roles affect both men and women. And I think it's also important to talk about how feminism affects um, people of color and um, uh, people who have like different sexual <clears throat> sorry different sexualities. And um, yeah, I, I think feminism it's really important to talk about how it intersects with different um, marginalizing groups. That's what I really want to accomplish. Just figuring out how we can all learn to just be more encompassing of each other. Jay, um, do you have any questions? Yeah, Houston, I'd I like to know about how was it hanging with Donald Trump? Could you tell us a little bit about that experience? Absolutely. 
And the best thing to summarize it is probably just best day ever, no doubt about it. And and one thing is um, actually going up and meeting him in his office in Trump Towers, he was by far one of the nicest, most personal people I've ever met. And then how, was it a long meeting, or did it take you for the whole day? Did you have a couple of ice cream cones? Or could you tell us a little bit more about <laughs> what did you do there? Did you just... Well, well, what I did is um, we flew up to New York from the day for Nashville, and actually one thing that happened is my grandma actually flew from Seattle down to here because she said the minute I at first got the interview from Donald Trump for my book, is she said when I get to go up there, she was going to be the chaperone. So she flew down here to go up there <laughs> to Trump Towers with me. And uh-huh. we got to go up there. We met with some of the – one of his head writers and – one of his other main staff members who we've kept in contact with and are still in contact with today. And we, Mr. Trump was actually in a meeting, and then when his meeting was done, I got to go in there for longer than what I would even expect it. And I got to say thank you, get a picture, and completely thank him for this incredible endorsement. And he also gave me two keys of advice that, I've really thought about and decided, and what I've decided, just so I'll get this out of the way in case you guys want to know what it is, but I decided I'm going to keep on to it since it was said from him to me and save it to later on in my life and pass it on to somebody who is in my shoes of where I am today. Wow. And just to go back for one second to what Simone was saying about um, feminism being equality for all, including um, equality for all those, you know, with different sexual sexual orientations. And upon looking at uh, the blog, I see, Sophia, you are very confident in your own orientation. And I see that you put up, uh, it's a combination of your family and friends and just your self-confidence in general. How exactly, how did that, you know, come up for you as a 16-year-old girl? Uh, how did your, your self-esteem and your confidence just build up at such an early age? Um, I suppose it was just a um, combination of living in New York and really having two parents that were very open and supportive of okay. uh, kind of different sexualities and genders and races and all that. And I think it's just kind of... Um, it came from the idea that I knew that if I wasn't completely 100% honest with myself about who I was, then I just felt like I wouldn't, I knew I wasn't happy, you know, being kind of not 100% truthful with who I was. So I just kind of really made the choice that I was going to live my life, you know, accepting myself for mm-hmm. each of my kind of, I guess, identities and and yeah, and I suppose it's definitely it's sometimes harder. It's harder sometimes I think to do that, but I think it's definitely really something that teenagers and even people that are older should really try to kind of do because it really just kind of made a difference for me to accept myself for everything yeah. that I am. And tell us more wow. about your trip to, uh, to Thailand because no, you're going to Thailand this summer, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm going in August, and I'm going to be working with um, children and also working with women um, 
who were, I think, I believe who were exiled from their homes due to various reasons. So I'm, mm. I'm really excited to do that. And I think it's, like Simone said, I'm really excited to kind of gain more of a global perspective um, and to really hopefully bring back kind of aspects of their culture and kind of uh, talk to my friends and family about it and what I learned. And I'm really, really excited about the trip because I've never really gone outside the U.S. So I'm really excited about it. Well, that's well, awesome. That's going to be a great experience. It yeah. really is. And, and one of the questions I have for all three of you, Houston, Sophia, and Simone, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you have a lot of studies out about what we think that kids want. Adults are telling everyone what kids want. You know, Houston, I heard you say that you, you, uh, Donald Trump gave you some advice and you're going to pass it on to young people, and I think that's amazing. And, 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 and the message you're trying to say to young people that you can be who you want to be no matter what. And then I hear you, Sophia, saying that you need to be okay in your own skin. You know, and I don't mean skin mm-hmm. as far as color. I mean skin as far as who you are. It's not about being so popular. It's about just being who you are. I think that's important. And then, Simone, I hear you saying that you really want to have a world where everyone is encompassed together and that they're working together. So when I hear all three of you speak, I'm hearing a, a speaking of one, you know, you all may have three different directions or in some ways commonalities with each other, but I hear a speaking of young people who are actually teaching us here on this call as adults and as well as other adults that if we can hear it from you, like we could learn from it. And so Houston and uh, Sophia and um, Simone, I'd like to hear what you would tell each other. Like, Houston, how do you see that people could support, like, the work that, Sophia and Simone are doing. And Sophia and Simone, how do you see that the work that Houston is doing, um, other youth could learn from the two? I'd love to hear a dialogue between the three of you about that for just a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that the work that Houston's doing is so important because it really kind of, I think the common theme between the three of us is really it's about empowering people. And I think Houston's work is really about empowering the youth to kind of believe that not that even if they are just teenagers, they're not just teenagers. They can really uh, follow a dream that they have to really build a name for themselves. And I think it's really important. And I think something that a lot of teenagers could really learn from. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, um, this generation of teenagers, we we get a bad rep for, like, I don't know, a lot of people think we just sit around taking selfies all day and don't really have any ambition or think we're, like, apathetic or something. But it's definitely not true. And I think um, Houston really exemplifies that um, just by following what he wants to do. And I think that's really great. It's really inspiring. Thank you. And now I guess I'll answer the part of mine and I would say for them, and one thing I've really noticed, and one thing I've really observed in general with everything that I've been doing is that entrepreneurship is really a key trait. And from what I've heard so far, I can kind of see they have really good ambitions and have a good positive message on what they're trying to spread. And one thing I've really noticed how I was talking about entrepreneurship is 
no matter who you are, if you have a message and you want to spread it, it's always some form of entrepreneur because you're out there trying to make a difference in the world and a, definitely a difference for the better. And, you know, Houston, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, Jay, but let me just ask Houston this question. Houston, as a guy, okay, <laughs> as a guy, okay. what would you say to other guys listening to, because as you can hear Simone and Sophia, they want to bring guys and girls together. What would you say as a guy to what they're creating, you know, as young ladies? You know, what would you say about that specifically? and the connection they're trying to create in partnership with you guys. What would you say about that? <laughs> we can gather my thoughts here. <laughs> well, one thing I would really say is it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, you can still do and be whoever you want to be. If you want to go out and be a musician, it doesn't matter whether you're a guy or a girl, as long as you, it's all about if you put the time in and you really want to do it and you take action, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, you can do it as long as you take the time and take action. Jay, I know you had a question. I'm sorry, I, didn't, I just had to ask you, Sinat. What, what, what is your, I know you had a question coming up. Well, I've been looking at some research on Simone and Sophia, and I've, I noticed you guys have been friends since the fifth grade. Is that true? Yeah, <laughs> that's friends. So how did you, yeah. So, how did you guys maintain that friendship, and how did you meet? I just want to get to the nitty gritty, you know. Yeah, I just want to know how you guys met. <laughs> <laughs> how do you maintain that to be from fifth grade um, to sixth? I think it was just the fact that we really, really just created this bond. I guess in fifth grade was when we really started to become best friends. And it was really tough because we went to different schools and um, things like that. And so there was a lot of we kind of weren't speaking as often. But I think definitely after realizing that we had this common interest in social justice, that really kind of like fueled the fire and created that bond back where we were kind of could have these conversations. And but, yeah, I think it was just we just really, really enjoy each other's company, and I think she's the most amazing person ever. So I love, you know, spending time with her. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Oh. Um, uh, Sophia is definitely one of my uh, closest friends, and I think it's great that we share a bond about social justice and really um, we just want to change the world together. And, like, we we always put in effort to, like, see each other and hang out a lot of times. And it's great. I, Sophia is so inspiring to me, and it's great to have someone who's my age, who just I, who I like, really even look up to. I think Sophia is so awesome, so eloquent, and a great writer. And it's really great to just hang out with her and just share ideas. So, also, I just wanted to say, Gail, that if you three young people had one wish, and you only could, you only had one wish to change the world. I want to ask all three of you guys, what would, how would you change the world with that one wish? You only have one. And you can't wish for other wishes. You have to only... <laughs> one wish. Wow. And you can chime in too, Houston. Don't, get, don't, don't okay. be shy back there. Okay, well, I think I know what I'm going to say for my one wish is... To be, because one thing that's really 
motivated me and one thing that I've really observed and impacted me greatly was in the schools and one thing I really say is to have more financial literacy and more education about money and how money works and how can you make money work for you and that's one thing I really noticed doing business seminars and real estate seminars and then going to schools there's kind of a difference is money is not really taught in the public school system of what I've observed and I've also I've done all the different business and marketing classes and one thing I can say is just more teaching how to do it instead of and going out there and doing it instead of that's what the definition means in the book. So more, I guess, taking action, education. Um, I guess to kind of trail on that, I suppose mine is sort of about education as well. I think really education is such a, an amazing tool for empowerment of both men and women. And I think it's really kind of getting kids to start thinking about social issues really early on, I think is so key because for in terms of young girls, I think showing girls that they can be doctors and lawyers and presidents I think is so important and it kind of gives them just a kind of a basis and really key foundation for kind of growing up in a world that's more open-minded, that's more as encompassing of each other. And, you know, this is not just education in the U.S. It's in other countries where they're not really teaching men, they're not teaching women that they can be these strong, independent um, career women, you know? Um, uh, I guess mine would be kind of like Sophia's. Definitely, I would definitely want kids from a younger age to realize that um, just to learn more about equality in all of its forms, um, gender equality and equality through class and, uh, like, racial equality. Um, Because I think maybe talking about social differences is not something that's really brought um, brought up or talked about, especially in school. It's kind of an issue that's totally ignored, Um, just talking about social issues in general. And I think if conversations like that were started more with young people, I think that would really help the world. Wow. Now, Houston, before I before this leaves my mind again, I was looking on your website, and I came across the Tomato Story video. And while I was watching the video, I was wondering, I kept thinking, where is she going with the story? What's going to happen in the end? And when she looked at the end of the story, it was like I had that aha moment, and I was really just blown away. Where did you get that story from, and how did it come about? Well, I actually heard the story when I was attending real estate seminars, and actually it was the story was told at the seminar by the person who I job shadowed who challenged mm-hmm. me for to write the book. And I really decided it's a really great story, and it has a really great message and like you said you had an aha moment and I really had one too of just how much just the thing the small things can make a huge impact and just starting small and building up big and I decided I'd just pass it on for other people to hear and maybe develop their own aha moments. I see. It's an incredible story. Well, Veronica, before he before he goes on, can you share the story um, briefly with us, Houston? Sure, I'll do a quick synopsis of what the story is about. 
it basically talks about a a guy who has his last quarter and he goes for an interview for a janitorial position at a tech company and at the end of the interview they say great i would need your email address and you didn't have one so they said i'm I'm sorry without an email address you can't work here so then he was walking home and there was a farmer on the side of the road selling tomatoes for one for ten cents and he bought one with his last nickel or with his last quarter, my bad. And then he was walking back to his home in downtown. Somebody then asked if they could buy his tomato off him for a quarter. And if when he spent 10 cents for the first tomato and then sells it for a quarter, he over doubled his money. And he keeps going back and forth and back and forth until at the very end he becomes one of the biggest distributors of fruit and just vegetables and and what, he has an interview. He gets an interview by a huge magazine on his success. And at the end of the interview, the journalist asked for his email so he could send the copy of it for his approval before it goes to print. And he said, I don't have an email. And the journalist was shocked, saying, do you know how much different your life would be if you had an interview or if you had an email? And he said, yeah, I'd be a janitor at Microsoft. Incredible wow. how that story just turns around. Yeah, it was Houston, you, you really, you really just, you just really touched me. Thank you so much. You, you made me. Um, I actually almost want to cry. You made me feel like, as someone, you know, together with Jay and Veronica and all of you here on a call, you make me think, feel like the work that we do really makes a difference. So thank you for sharing that story and. You know, thank you for being who you are. And Sophie and Simone, thank you for being who you are as well. Jay, I know you've got some burning questions, but I, this, this brings me to the next question. So um, my mom passed away two years ago, okay? And I know how much and how important your mom, I've heard all three of you talk about how important your moms are, and I, and I had an uh, amazing opportunity to meet Houston's mother, Michelle, who I want to say hello to and credit her you know, and his dad with the, you know, the amazing young man they have here. And then we've heard Sophia and, and Simone's mothers are doctors and, you know, how they can look up to their mothers. You know, this is, this is what it's about. And I, wanted to, I want to know, similar to Jay but a little bit differently, if there were, if they came to you and said, Simone, I want you to tell us how do we solve the problem of war. And Sophia, they came to you and said, I want you to tell me how we solve the problem of starvation. And Houston, they came to you and said, how, we, how do we solve the problem of education being available for everyone in the world? I want to know one sentence each, what would you all, which would each of you say to the answers to each of those three different areas? Uh, well, I guess I would say teach kids about peace, um, because actually my mother is a Quaker, so she always she taught me to be a pacifist. Um, so I'm totally nonviolent, and I think just if you teach kids from a young age that violence will never solve any problems, then I think that would definitely solve the problem of war. And I truly believe that that 
violence only perpetuates more violence. So peace is the only really way to solve any issue. Um, I suppose that I would say for the problem of starvation is really just teaching kids from a young age uh, the idea of giving back and kind of realizing that if other if there are some people that have like huge mansions and swimming pools while some people are homeless and starving, like that doesn't create a better world. It creates a better world if those people that are fortunate enough to have things are able to give back and to help the people that aren't as fortunate. And I think to create that cycle of kind of the more fortunate giving back to the less fortunate and then kind of helping those less fortunate kind of grow up, grow um, so that they can be more fortunate to then give back to the less fortunate. So I think it's a cycle that kind of some people just choose to either ignore or just not really be a part of. For me, with the education of getting it more out there for the areas and people who might not have it, one thing I see that would be a really good way of trying to do that is really just distribution. And the one thing that I've noticed really has increased distribution is technology, whether it be a laptop or anything, just the how technology has changed and is evolving and how much more it really makes the world smaller and how much more you can reach out. And one big key of technology I've actually seen really affect is Skype. And I'll give a small example of, like, I do music lessons in, with professional musicians here in Nashville. And I travel with my book tours and everything, and they travel being musicians. And you can simply be on Skype being completely across the country, and you can still do a music lesson. So I think technology in general with education is going to make it more readily available. Well, just so you know, Houston, Simone loves music too, so maybe you guys can connect on that. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to hear some of your music sometime. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, so um, Jay, I know you have some questions, and Veronica had some more questions, but I just really wanted to know what their thoughts were on that. That's, that's wonderful. I have a question to all you guys, and I just want to say it's just wonderful to have you guys so awoke, and you guys are awoke on this show. And what I mean by that is that my question is, at what point did you guys wake up? You know, most kids, when they're kids, they're mimicking their parents. So they just follow along and follow along. And at one point in their life, they wake up and they realize, oh, I have a choice. Oh, I have ideas, and I'm my own person. When did you guys, and I want each individual question, what age did you wake up? <laughs> well, for me, I guess if I had to fit the biggest point of where I guess, quote, unquote, woke up, as I've done a bunch of different things. I did modeling and TV commercials when I was in like preschool growing up, so I consider myself being an entrepreneur since preschool. But I'd say seventh grade for me, was probably the biggest time when I really woke up of and knew of this is what I want to do when I actually attended a real estate seminar, which was Trump University. And I've always been thinking, going through the later years of elementary school and then sixth grade of, like, what do I want to be? And I could never really pinpoint it. But once I went to that real estate seminar, I really knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to do real estate. I wanted to do all these different things. 
So I'd say seventh grade was definitely it for me. Um, um, I would say, I'm not sure what age it was. It was probably maybe 13, 14, 15. Um, it was, I was at camp. And I was, I talked about it in the blog, and it was basically, I was in, it was at a camp in upstate New York, and I was kind of, I'd been hearing a lot of kind of homophobic and very kind of sexist comments the whole time, the whole summer. So it was really, just really a terrible experience, but I was just so speechless, and I felt like I couldn't say anything, and I think it was just, I never told them to stop, I just didn't say anything, and I think that really stuck with me, because I was like, wow, I really could have tried to change their opinion, I really could have taught them something if I would have said, you know what, that's not really right, you know, and I think that really made me feel like, wow, doing nothing, saying nothing didn't help the problem at all, anything it helps perpetuate it and continue so I really thought next time I kind of am faced with this type of ish, these types of issues I want to be the first one to stand up and say that's not right and really so that's kind of I think maybe when I sort of woke up so to speak and decided that I wasn't just going to sit there and let these problems continue I wanted to be a part of that change um, I think the moment when I woke up was uh, I was in um, eighth grade. That's when I first started uh, playing guitar. And I realized that, like, I could convey all my thoughts and all my feelings just through playing music and writing my own music. And I think that's, that's really what made me want to use, like, art of any kind, really, as a catalyst for social change. And uh, that was a really big moment for me when I first started writing music because I realized, like, all the things that I had been afraid to say in the past, like, I could just say through music and through playing guitar and through singing. And um, that was, yeah, playing guitar is definitely, like, when I started playing, that was a really important moment for me. And being the age that you guys are, have you guys gotten any, you know, negative feedback from any of your peers? Um, well, I think for the most part, I think me and Sophia have gotten pretty positive responses from a lot of our friends. Um, I will say, though, that there's this one kid in my class who, like, really didn't understand what, I guess, what we were trying to do and, like, the actual message of our work was supposed to be, and he kind of, like, dismissed a lot of what I had to say about feminism, but I think mm -hmm. that's the reason we have, that we started this blog, so we can let people know that there's a lot of different sides to feminism and that social change really is important. What about you, Houston? Well, I, for me... Say, I, just, I just wanted to ask you if he had any, because I know he and I had a conversation with his mom about this, and I really wanted to know if Houston had any, you know, pushback from any of the students in school with him. Well, for me, ever since I really... I let the cat cat out of the bag of I was writing this book because I really didn't even let no one know until it was right there launching, and I would say a lot of them, a lot of my different classmates at my school, 
I guess were kind of shocked or almost in like disbelief that, or maybe didn't even believe until they saw it that I wrote this book that got endorsed by Donald Trump until they really saw it. But I haven't really got no negative feedback or anything, at least of what I've heard, but who knows, but no one's really said it to me. And they just really think it's really cool what I'm doing and how I'm going out there and speaking and doing all these different things to really spread a message. Um, Houston, I wanted to ask, uh, Jolt uh, Magazine for March had an article, 10 Ways to Make Money Before Summer. You know, I'm trying to make some money. I know the summer started. I, you know, me and, and Yellow Veronica, we're trying to figure out how we can make money before summer. Could you give us a couple of those ideas so we can go out and make some cash? I just wanted to throw that in. Well, I can't necessarily, without having it in front of me, give you the exact ones on there. And if you want to look at that, you can check out joltmagazine.com for more information just about the whole magazine. But really, it's just, even with my book of how I really meant to inspire youth to, to take action, is you don't have to start big like me, mm-hmm. how I did my first real estate deal at 13. You can go out there doing small things. You can go out there and do a car wash, or you could mow lawns, depending if that's what you like to do. It's really just about finding what you like to do, whether it be big or small, and just taking action. Wow. Um, Jay, I know you had a question. Um, yeah, so my thing is you guys all go you guys all go to the same school, you guys go to different school parts uh, schools in different parts of town, are y'all together or, or is this a team oh. or how <laughs> Well, me and Sophia both live in New York City. So but we go to different high schools. Okay. So I have, I have a qu- there's a statement that I want to make. You know, um, the UN has a model program for youth. Okay, and with the UN having a model program for youth, okay, um, what's very very interesting is with their program. Okay, they um, they have where students can make decisions in these UN model programs, and I'm sure you've heard of them, heard of the UN mm-hmm. model program. Now, what is interesting to me, and the question I have to all three of you is, they don't think that students should make world decisions. Now, you may find this very difficult to believe, but I'm in agreement with that, because I think, like Houston, you are having your experiences to go around the country, learning about entrepreneurism, and you're learning about, you know, um, gener- you know, being an investor and real estate and all of those things. This is amazing, okay? You're learning about it. And Sophia and Simone, you're learning, and re- respectively, to go to Thailand, to go to Haiti. I think it's important that, and, you, and I want to know how you guys feel about this. I think it's important for students and young people to have their experiences, okay? and to weigh in because this is your future. At the same time, I think it takes some experience to understand what's going on in the world and to be able to bring the experience there. So I think when you're like 25, 26, that's the time to really bring some of your experience to the world stage because you've now had a series of things that you have learned that give you the space to do that. 
So with that yeah, said, I, I'd love to get the feedback of that statement that I've just made. And please feel free if you disagree, that's fine. But that's something I think is very important. You have to gain the experience. It's great to have the education and the knowledge, but you have to gain the experience in order to give the application of it. And so I want to get your feedback, Houston, Simone, and also um, Sophia on that. Um, yeah, no, I actually am in agreement with you. I definitely think that, you know, Simone and I, or I guess I'll speak for myself, I'm not, I don't know everything about world issues and things like that. And I'm definitely not kind of, I'm not done gaining these experiences that I would need to kind of formulate the opinions on issues like that and I think these experiences and kind of learning about these things and having these conversations are so important as like a foundation and backboard to kind of when you later on um, help to make those decisions and I think that teenagers definitely are you know really have the power to help weigh in on those issues and to help kind of to help make not to help make them, but to kind of, um, I think they should be able to give opinions since this is kind of the new generation that's coming up, but I don't think that they should necessarily be the final say on the issues. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, it's definitely important for people to get a sense of the world and to have, different experiences before you make important, like, worldly decisions. Um, But that being said, I don't think young people's opinions should be totally disregarded Um, because we do have important opinions about things, um, but – and we should be heard. Our voices should be heard. But I think definitely when it comes down to a final decision, maybe people need to have just a lot – uh, more experience in the world or just different viewpoints of the world that maybe some young people don't have. Yeah, I would also be in agreement with that as well. It's all about having the experience, really, and that's what you'd really base your people, your opinion around is the experiences that you've had and what you've done. And at usually the age of being in high school, is you may not have all those experiences, which you will eventually get later on as you go on in life. So I would definitely say um, you definitely need to have the experience. Thank, thank you for that. Um, we're, we're running into some time. So Jay and um, uh, Veronica, would you ask these amazing people uh, one last question so that we can get them back off to their uh, respective, <laughs> back to their respective <laughs> activities? Absolutely. My question for all three of you guys would be, and I know this might be a very weird question to ask because you guys have uh, a whole bunch of time ahead of you, but what do, you, do all three of you guys see yourself doing you know, within the next five years, do you see um, for Sophia and Simone? Like, do you see you guys being, you know, social activists? Do you see yourself, you know, in the office of Donald Trump? Like, where do you guys see yourself?
Hmm. Well, for me, I know it's I a would, tough question. <laughs> for me, I, I would say that I wouldn't be able to say the steps on how to get there, but I would mm-hmm. see myself in the next five years being a spokesperson for entrepreneurship for youth and teens across different platforms and media. I see. Um, I suppose that I would definitely, I would hopefully like to see myself as a social activist. I know that this is something I really gained a passion for. And, I mean, I honestly can't see myself doing anything else just because I feel like I have this drive now to really um, see out the change that I want in the world. And I can't, I don't think I could just go into a cubicle and, like, do accounting or something because this is what I feel passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, I am definitely always going to be a social activist. Um, that's all. That's always going to be a huge part of my life. Um, but I also um, am going to focus on music. I really want to be a musician, and hopefully, I can like go on tour and play music just in different parts of the world. Um, because I also really want to travel. So traveling is also going to be a huge part of my life too. Um, and like, I want to plan a trip to like backpacks through different countries. That's something that I really um, am planning to do in the future. So, yeah, music, social activism, and traveling are my eight goals. My last question is... Go ahead, Jack. My last last question is, I want to know who are the junk food eaters and who are the health people. I want to know, how do you guys go about, uh, do you eat your eating habits? Are you eating healthy? <laughs> or are you like me, you know, give me a bag of chips and I'm on my way. So you can continue to do this, this wonderful voyage you guys have. So Houston, you can answer it first. Are you, um, well, you know, you've got all this brain power. And I just want to know how your, um, your health uh, diet is. Well, just with eating food in general, I can actually say something that was actually a really big experience for me and how I really observed and how I actually had to overcome it. And I'll just kind of keep it short. And it really is because based on healthier eating junk food, I eat pretty good. But one thing I, at least I hear a lot from my mom, is that I'm a picky eater. And if you want to hear more about that, I actually made another YouTube video that goes along with my web series on my YouTube channel, Houston Guns, so you can check that out. I should have known that, okay. <laughs> and, um, so what about you and Simone and Sophia? Who's the junk food eaters over there? <laughs> I think we're both pretty much junk food eaters. I try to be <laughs> yeah. a healthy eater, but it's just I really love cheese and all sorts <laughs> of like, sweet foods and all that stuff. So I just, I mean, I try, but I don't really succeed definitely a junk food eater, for sure. Yeah. I love dessert, so I'm a sucker for, like, a good slice of cake. Um, but I think I think me and Sylvia, we do a good job of, like, eating in moderation. Oh, yeah. And we wow. walk a lot. Yeah, and we walk. We walk a lot. <laughs> well, guys, I want, to th- I want to thank you all for having, being on here. And I have what my – I want to finish the call with one last question. First of all, Jay and Veronica, as always, thank you for being who you are and on this call, and thank you to the moms and, and dads of these young people. I have a question for all three of you. What is it 
you get tired of hearing us adults talk about you guys as teenagers. What is the thing that you want us to know that we don't know? Um, Well, I think that definitely teenagers care about stuff. I, I feel like in this generation, a lot of adults think that maybe teenagers are very, like, apathetic and we don't really have... We don't really have many strong opinions about things and we're not motivated, but it's not true at all. Um, me and Sophia, and, like, we're, we're very motivated people, and um, lots of teenagers are. We have ideas and we have opinions, and I, I don't think they should be disregarded. Yeah. You know, I would definitely second that. I think a lot of people or adults kind of disregard teenagers' ideas just because they think, oh, maybe it's a phase or they're just hormonal or something. And it's like, no, we have ideas that are worth listening to regardless of our age. And I think that sometimes even teenagers may think that they shouldn't go on with these ideas or they shouldn't think these things just because of their young age. So I think adults really should kind of be giving some validation to our ideas, even though we may not have as much age experience as they do. For me, one of the things that like I've even really experienced, and I actually kind of mentioned it in my first book, is that in the at least in the public school system, one thing that I've observed is that like the whole message to teens in high school is get good grades, go to college, and get a job, which is great. And but one thing I've noticed is it isn't for everyone because it might not be for everyone. Just like me, going to college and going to get a job might not be what I want to do. And one thing I've really tried to bring awareness to is it really needs to kind of be catered and let people be who they want to be, not be what the teachers and other adults want them to be. Wow. Well, I just had to tell you, I just said thank you and um, continue to be all of who you are. And I would like to know, would you guys come back later in the year and share what, you know, your travails have been with Listen and Give? Of course. Absolutely. Well, has this been been fun for all three of you? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Houston, Simone, and... Sophia, thank you very, very much. We'll be following Houston on what he's up to with his book tour this year. We'll be following uh, Simone as she's over in Haiti, and we'll be following Sophia as she's over in Thailand. So thank you so much, guys. It's been a blast. And thank Jay you for and having us on. For having thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you. you. Yes, it's been a blast. And we wish we had more time. We could go on. But you guys, let's, let's rock and roll, and we'll see you later in the new year. Okay. Thank you.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.